I think prayer can be a challenge because it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm doing something. Right, we're people of doing. We have our yeah. lists. We have our tasks. Great point. We're competent. Um, we often don't feel needs except in real hard times or suffering, uh, which is often a, a motivation to pray. We're taking a chance. Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to Redeemer Radio. I am Pastor Ross, and we are coming to you through Zoom this week, and uh, so we're hoping that. The sound quality and everything is still okay, but uh, I am joined again by Dan and Sean. Guys, how you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. Hanging in there. Um, coming to you live from my bedroom. Uh, I'm the reason we're doing Zoom since uh, I was away and around a lot of my family this past weekend. Uh, I would like to just say thanks to everybody who reached out with cards and prayers and texts. That meant a lot as I... Uh, so kind of process and grieve the passing of my dad. So thank you, Redeemer, for being a family. Yeah, and I, I, I'm doing well. I'm, I've found myself reflexively the last three or four days checking the Weather Channel app and in the future, the 10-day forecast to see if there's snow coming. So I'm just like uh, really hoping for some snow, I guess. I don't know. What's, what's the word? Maybe. <laughs> All right. Great maybe. All right. Yeah. Well, it's good to be back together again. Uh, we are really enjoying... Um, you know, if anything, if uh, we, we're, we're trusting this is helpful for y'all, but uh, at the very least, uh, Dan, Sean, and I are really enjoying diving into these different topics, and, and um, it's, it's really helping us both personally and in our own uh, staff life as well. So it's been encouraging. So I had, I had left off last lesson. If, if, you were, if you made it to the end of last lesson, I had mentioned we were going to talk about Bible memorization today. Well, plans changed. Uh, and we are going to be talking about prayer today. And so there's uh, a lot of different aspects of prayer we're going to be talking about. Um, it is obviously, it can be kind of an intimidating topic for me because there's, yeah, it's just such a, a broad category. Um, but we'll focus in on just a couple specifics with it. I think uh, a good place to start for us, though, Dan and Sean, is what role did prayer play in Jesus' life? And what does that mean for us? And I can just throw a couple of verses out there. In, in Matthew 14, it says, After Jesus had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And he was there alone. And then not just once, but as a regular habit, Luke 5 says, Jesus would withdraw to desolate places and pray. In Mark 1, rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And before he selected his 12 disciples, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And even in Gethsemane, three times he went away and prayed. From the beginning of his ministry uh, to the eve of his crucifixion, it shows. Uh, prayer was a vital part of his life. So talk about that, guys. What, how, do you, how does that impact you? What does that mean for us? Yeah, I think even more so than the than the essential part of his life, it was the it was essential to his relationship with his father. Is what Mathis goes on to say there. He so it talks about how cultivating a relationship with God was not you know Jesus was 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 perfect. He had no reason to really say God work on work on my heart or like or like uh, um, expose this sin or help me whatever. Like it was just it was just essential for Jesus to be in communion with his father through prayer. Um, right. right. And, and so that's, yeah. 
that's convicting. And, and it's, if we're supposed to have sort of, you know, have the heart of Jesus and want to, to grow in being Christ-like, uh, well, we see that, that Jesus was, uh, he, he found prayer to be essential just in, in having a relationship with his father and maintaining a relationship and growing in a relationship with his father. So it's more about God than any of the things that the, maybe the prayers w- would accomplish, right? Yeah, we definitely see that in his humanity, right? I wonder too, how much it might be tied to his deity. In other words, he already had communion from eternity past with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and being able to continue that. And also to see that he, I mean, he went to the Lord on things for uh, big decisions in the midst of suffering and hardship, in the midst of um, even before miracles, giving thanks to the Lord, directing people's thoughts, his thoughts to them, that it really was a, a multifaceted prayer life. And really, as you said, if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to enter into communion with the Lord through prayer, both for decisions, but also just to know him and to be known and to better understand ourselves through our times of prayer? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a very convicting place to start. It's just to look at our Savior and what he modeled for us. And, and like you said, Dan, if he... Um, the Lord of the universe, the creator of the universe with all of his deity, but also in his humanity still needed to pray. Uh, what is, how much more does that mean for us? And, and I think that's really a helpful and convicting place to start. So yeah, let's, let's start with our own life. Like for you, Dan and Sean, what are some things, I mean, prayer has been said to be one of the more difficult things to do um, by one author in the Christian life. So what's challenging for you guys about prayer? Yeah, I think, I think prayer can be a challenge because it doesn't necessarily feel like I'm doing something right. We're people of doing, we have our lists, we have our tasks. Great point. We're competent. Um, We often don't feel needs except in real hard times or suffering, uh, which is often a, a motivation to pray. So I think, I think that can be one of the things um, because it's hard to, and, and just the fact that it, it feels like a one-way conversation. Right. Now, even though God's speaking to us through his word and by the prompting of his spirit, it, it still doesn't feel like a, a regular conversation. So I think that's one, one of the things that makes it harder. Yeah, Oswald Chamber, Chambers, he said, prayer is the greater work. And I think that's what you're getting at. And I think it, we, we easily lose sight of that. Yeah. I would say for me, it's sort of piggybacking off of that, just the disbelief that it will make a difference, <laughs> right? Like what is it going to, is it really going to change anything? It's, it's being, for me, it's being short-sighted and not seeing the, the benefit as being in relationship with the father, but it's not as productive as doing something else. Right. It's not as, yeah. And, and then couple that with distraction. Um, we, over the last week I've been having, conversations around the social dilemma documentary and the role that phones and technology and social media play in our lives. And the battle has been for our subconscious attention that we feel empty without always being connected to something. Um, and as prayer, it feels more impersonal and not as real as what we see on our phones. Um, I think the distraction of wow. the real, the thing that's right in front of me, the immediate satisfaction um, is, is far more rewarding than maybe sitting in solitude and, and praying. Yeah, absolutely. That that's definitely uh, strikes a chord with me. I think a big thing for me is just losing focus. I, I can 
sometimes even in one-on-one conversations with people, um, I have a very a f- quick thinking mind. I'm, I'm always got so many things on my mind and, and I can be at lunch with someone and all of a sudden doze off and be looking at them, but thinking about something else. And I got to focus back. And, I, and that definitely is a hindrance for me in prayer while I, I can start praying and then all the cares of the world come into my mind. And that should be something that deepens my prayer life. Uh, but it often, and, and at times I've gotten better at, at letting those places my mind wanders to drive me back into prayer. Uh, I think another thing for me is I don't utilize God's word. You know, as Dan was saying, like it, it, it can feel like a one-way conversation. I think utilizing God's word in prayer is a way to combat that, um, to let, to kind of pray back his word. I mean, the Bible is an intentional conversation that God has initiated with us, is, is what one author has said before. That's really, uh, really hit me. And I think that could be a way to compel us to use his word. I, I've heard, seen it done uh, well by others to, to use God's word well. And I, I don't think I, I utilize that well. So any other thoughts on this? Yeah, I think seeing the the convergence of some of these well-worn paths and how they kind of inform one another and help one another. And as we kind of use different paths, we kind of find ourselves on, on a similar path, right? So as we talked about meditation before, just reading God's word, being able to listen to it, then let it, allowing that to stir our affections, stir our emotions, and stir our prayer life. Um, and, and being able to listen and respond to the, to the word and and talk back to God. If he's communicating with us primarily through his word, right. You know, as we're reading it, then we can, we can speak back to him. Yeah. Kind of like what you just said, but seeing these well-worn paths, not as individual um, separate things, but how they even help one another, uh, you know, help, help us um, develop our relationship with God in these different ways and these different paths. Yeah. You know, I think it's some different in different ways, our pride, keeps us from praying one to not even think we need to pray, but then even in our disappointment, when God doesn't answer how we want him to, Mm. whether it's praying for a a work situation, a health situation, a bigger, whatever you might be praying when God doesn't answer like how we like, then we can be discouraged and say, why bother? And, and that part of prayer, I think is humility bowing our knee before the Lord and saying, not my will, but your will be done. And being able to trust him that that's where the relational aspect that he's our good holy wise father has to allow us to to bend the knee to him even in our expectations and in our prayer requests yeah absolutely so um you know there's so much we could say about challenges to prayer uh there's there's so many different other things of you know there's lots written on you know why pray if god already knows what i need um, and, and things like that. But, um, let's just kind of turn our attention then to, you know, what are some helpful catalysts for prayer and even speaking personally, Dan and Sean, what have been things that have helped, um, drive you into prayer? And I think an answer for all of us would be suffering and hardship. I think that for any Christian, they've always found when things are more difficult, it's, it's, it's more easy to turn your attention to prayer, but, but what are some other, uh, ways that you found helpful? I mean, as I mentioned before, even in my Bible reading, I need some variety. I can't stay on one thing too long or else I just kind of drift. 
So I found writing out my prayers has been helpful. Uh, I've been at, you know, or using prayer lists. I think one thing that one resource that I found that's really helpful is a, a book called Seeking God's Face, Praying with the Bible Through the Year. And they, uh, each day there's a psalm usually, and then another scripture reading, and they encourage you to read through it and then pray through it. Any part that kind of the Lord speaks to you through that, that kind of catches your heart or mind. And then it gets some free prayer, like for this particular day, it says fellowship with the risen Jesus for spiritual renewal and refreshment. Um, pray for those who have, uh, who are retired or anticipating retirement. Pray for those who are caring for people with mental health issues. Like it, hmm. it just puts in different things other than that I might think of. And so yeah. then it brings other people or situations to mind. And then usually they have, um, a summary prayer at the end that is often good just to, to ruminate on like this one in particular joyous God. I confess my disordered heart seeks out joy in so many dead ends. Remind me of my primary purpose of life to glorify you and enjoy you forever. You make that easy because you have replaced tired religion with gospel joy. You are the Lord of the feast. I mean, that's rich just to sit there. And so often I'll just kind of think about each of those pieces and, and give thanks. So that's been a real helpful catalyst over the last couple of years for me in my prayer life. Um, I think for me, we, we mentioned this earlier, but the, the Psalms, right? So reading the Psalms, I think Tim Keller has a cool devotional on the Psalms that I've, I've visited, you know, quite a bit. I don't do it regularly, kind of like what Dan was saying. I find different ways to engage with the word daily. Um, but he, he takes a Psalm and then he has a prayer kind of at the bottom of each devotion and, and, and that's helped me even as I just read the Psalms on my own, uh, think what is the heart of the Psalmist here and how cool is it that God wanted the heart of the Psalmist to be in the, the word that he gives to us. Um, that he, he cares enough about the heart of his people uh, to, to communicate some of the ways that they're communicating their heart to him. Uh, right. Um, and we get to see that laid bare. Uh, and that's, so I think that's been a huge catalyst for me is to learn what is the heart of the Psalmist. It's okay to say certain things out loud to God. Um, right? It's okay. It's not, I don't have to hide some of these, uh, some of this anger or anxiety or anything like that, right? I can, I can communicate that honestly. But then also just reflection on the day's events, right? Taking time at the end of the day to really think what happened today? Um, what were the things, who were the people I talked to? What were the things I, I did? What were the things I didn't get to do? Um, where did I, you know, just, just having a time of reflection has also been a catalyst to, to really enable me to kind of just casually talk with the father, right? Like, you know, God, thank you that this happened today. I'm really glad. Uh, so like this morning, uh, the, the first time is the first time I heard Lily say, I love you back to me. Mm. Uh, I'm going to get emotional talking about this, but like this, like tonight, I'm excited to just reflect on that and remember how I felt and really give thanks to the father that, that, that she was able to say that to me. And I don't know, just a, just a, such a cool thing. Right. But being able to sit back and actually reflect on uh, the day's events, I think usually drives me to, to prayer when I carve out that time. So, yeah, that discipline is called the daily examine. It's kind of been used historically. And I think we've, it is huge when we can sit back and reflect on that because it promotes Thanksgiving, right? I think the other catalyst would be using the adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, the acts, mnemonic, so that we're not just asking things of God, but we're really reminding ourselves of how great he is, how he's at work, where we need to repent. Uh, so that's a, that'd be another catalyst in addition to the daily examine.
Yeah, no, those are great. I think we'll talk a little bit more about this, like the, the dynamic of the call to pray on our own, but also um, the, the, the joys of praying with others. I, I think for me, I have found when I was talking about losing focus earlier, I have found that having regular times of prayer with others, I, 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 I do find um, a lot of help with having prayer partners. I have someone who I pray with weekly, and then I have a time where I try to be more in depth with prayer with my wife uh, once a week. And, and those things really have been helpful for me. Um, and it, it also just is a way to be modeled prayer by other people, just praying with them. Um, I think for me too, actually biographies, when I've heard stories of people like Jonathan Edwards or George Mueller and, and what their prayer lives are like, or when I sit down with someone, I, I love hearing about people's um, spiritual habits, uh, even people at Redeemer. And, uh, and it's, it's been really encouraging to learn from others on what um, their prayer life is like. And, and that's always very inspiring to me. Um, you know, a, a great book is A Praying Life by Paul Miller. And, and throughout that, there's so many stories in that book of, you know, ways that his wife or him um, prayed about things or even story. He has great stories of other people in that book uh, that he has. And, and that's, that was really helpful to me to just hear what other people are doing, which is part of why I wanted to ask you guys as well. So um, yeah, there's, there's other things we could say to this. Um, obviously Luke 11, I, I love that passage where the disciples are saying to Jesus, teach us to pray. Uh, that's such a, a helpful passage of just, yeah, uh, I feel you, disciples, teach us. And I think it's it's great to just have the expectation that uh, this is a learned thing, that this is um, something that we need to be taught, that we need to grow in. Um, but I loved what you said, Sean, about the Psalms. It's just, you know, at the same time, we can come messy. That's what Paul Miller says. He has a whole chapter called Come Messy. And I think that can be also a hindrance to me in prayer is I, I want to have it all together. I, I have too high of expectations of myself coming to prayer. I want to do it right. I want to have the right form and everything and say the right things. And, and um, some of that's just my own perfectionist personality. And I think it's just a good reminder. Um, so any other final thoughts on Catalyst to Prayer before we move on to the next question? No, we're good. All right. So. Um, I was really encouraged by um, some categories that uh, uh, one of the books we read by David Mathis is he, he talks about three different kinds of prayer, private prayer, constant prayer throughout the day, and then corporate prayer, praying with others. Those are kind of the three major categories. And so I want to just kind of walk through those a little bit too. So private prayer, this comes from uh, Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus, he talks about praying in the closet. He, he says, don't pray like the hypocrites. They love to stand and pray in the synagogues that they may be seen. Um, and they have received their award, he says, but, but Jesus tells us, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And obviously, as we talked earlier, this is something that Jesus modeled in his own life. This was a, a very important practice for him. Um, we shouldn't um, you know, uh, miss that the, 
all those times that the gospel writers show us, hey, this is what Jesus did. This, you know, there's a deep reason that they showed us what Jesus' practice was. And, you know, one author has said that this is our private prayer life is, is a, in some ways an infallible test of our spiritual integrity um, because it, it can actually be easier to engage in prayer when you're with someone else. And some of that's our flesh of wanting to impress or like we said earlier, circumstances, hard circumstances can easily drive us to prayer, but cultivating a regular, rich, private prayer life. Uh, there's just a deep integrity um, involved in that, that um, uh, I think says a lot. And so I think it's an important thing for us to be considering. So with that in mind, um, you know, we've, we've talked about this a little bit already, but um, maybe more specifically on private prayer, you know, what are some suggestions to help us um, cultivate private prayer? If there's any additional insights uh, then that we haven't said yet. Um, well, the one for me that this, this may not be exactly what you're looking for, for an answer, but from the CBR journal, when it says surrender through prayer, um, I think that one suggestion that someone gave me one time was just to do something like this. And then I came across the, the CBR journal and it was like written out for me, but like what is standing in the way? And um, a really dear friend said, you know, has written out and suggested that you should um, like have a metaphor, like a box in front of you and put the things inside the box that are attempting to take you away from hmm. uh, focus and presence with God and close up the box and give it to him. Uh, cool. Right. And, and just and make that a practice of saying, of what are the things that are going to distract me? Let me surrender all these things in my life that are going to get in the way of me communing with the father and do this act of like sliding it across the table to him, putting it at his feet, surrendering all of this stuff to him um, before you even start. Because I think, I think all of us shared this idea of distraction or um, you know, whatever as a, as a challenge to prayer. And so I think as a remedy to that, like, he, he wants all, uh, all of our lives, right? He doesn't want just part of our lives. He wants all of it. So I think one suggestion I would have um, for private prayer is to do this act of, you know, mm. my job, my, my family, all these good things that he's given me um, are tempted to become distractions and ultimate things. So I'm going to give those to you and then come to you in prayer and whatever. So I think a really dear friend uh, shared that tip with me and I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I've tried it. It feels a little silly, but it, it really helps. That's great. Again, I think for some people, kind of just depending how you're wired, being in the same place at the same time, you know, my my wife is the same chair, same time every day, you know, opening up her Bible and uh, spending her time with the Lord. And so I think knowing yourself and like, when is that going to work? So for some people, it is first thing in the morning. For some people, it's going to be maybe in, later in the day. Uh, someone might be walking. Again, I think trying to not put yourself in what other people's patterns are, but saying what, what's going to work with me that I can actually do this and be with the Lord. I think that's the number one thing. Uh, it's what will you actually do? So do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one, one person we read just, he kind of takes the sermon on the Mount passage and, and makes it practical. And he says one, one way to cultivate a private prayer life is to create a closet and that, that doesn't, that could be it literally finding a, a place to really be enclosed in your home. I know one pastor, famous pastor has built his own prayer, um, kneeling station in a closet in his home and, and has used it for years. But 
But even what you were saying, Sean, I think is a, a way to create a closet. It's, you know, it's removing emotional distraction or, or, you know, things on your mind, but also there's like physical things you can do. I think for me, um, going to bed on time is, is really important. Uh, cause uh, for my stage of life right now, the, the, the most uh, focused time I could find would be before people are up in the morning. And I know that's same for many believers, but I think going to bed on time is really important for me. And, and so I need to be more disciplined at not getting carried away with, you know, sports center or things like that, or catching up on uh, other things at night. Um, and then even, you know, I, something, you know, this winter, uh, with it being cold out, I think if I do get up early, it's cold downstairs in our home and, um, either making sure there's a blanket down there or making sure I maybe set a sweatshirt outside the door. I don't want to wake up my kids or, um, my wife. So even those are like practical things in my life lately, um, that, uh, help me create a closet, if you will, to really, to get there. And, one more, once, I'm, once I have time with the Lord, something uh, that's been helpful for me, Dan was saying there's different things for different times, but journaling, like writing out my prayers, I think for my own personality is, is so helpful. And, and, you know, I think the Psalms uh, are a great example of, uh, there's a lot of biblical precedent to writing out prayers. It doesn't have to be your only way to pray, but um, I think that it, it is, it does help me focus. It helps me clarify my thought. So that's kind of some thoughts about private prayer. The other one, the other category is constant prayer. And there's so many um, different passages. Paul speaks to this. Christ speaks to this. You know, he, one of his parables starts out, he told this parable so that they would always pray and not lose heart. Um, Paul says, pray without ceasing. In First Thessalonians, he says, be constant in prayer, Romans 12. In Colossians 4, he says, continue steadfastly in prayer. And at the end of the um, passage on the, the armor of God, he says, pray at all times. And so one author said, everywhere God is, prayer is. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a, another important part. So what are maybe some practical examples or ideas for this for you guys? I mean, there's a, a few things I know. Uh, Driving, I'll often try to pray for people as I'm driving. Mm -hmm. uh, people that I've made note of probably earlier in the morning or throughout the day. Um, you know, one of our own missionaries, Isaac Shaw, carries an index card with 10 names of people he's praying for to come to know Jesus. Wow. Um, so thinking of it in different ways, trying to at times when I'm getting ready to meet with people uh, to say, all right, Lord, be with me in this meeting. Help me to... Uh, speak your voice, help me to be an encouragement. So even the constancy part, I think is just an awareness that whether you're changing a diaper, you're going in to close a deal, you're driving down the road, that we're, we're in the presence of God and living for the glory of God. I don't always do that well, uh, but those are a few of the things I think that I, that I try to keep me mindful of those things. I've heard, uh, you know, it's very similar, but like anything you're doing and then relating it to like, so if you're driving, leave it, leaving a, an index card in your car of missionaries to pray for. So you're, you're, you're on the road, you're traveling to a different place. Well, these missionaries are in different places. And so maybe you 
maybe it kind of it, it lines up that way. That's a little cheesy, but uh, but maybe if you're doing dishes, you're praying for, you're giving thanks for the the home that God has provided you and the and the service that you get to do for your spouse as you're doing the dishes to to make the morning a little easier or whatever, right? Like and and just have it so being intentional about those areas of life and weaving in prayer to the the regular and ordinary mundane tasks of life. Yeah, a great resource for this is a, a book called um, Every Moment Holy. Mm. And uh, he's, got, he's got all these crazy liturgies in there. He's got a liturgy for changing a diaper. I know Dan mentioned that. He's got, uh, you, know, ten, you know, over probably 50 or 60. He's coming out with another volume. He's got a liturgy for when you hear a siren. He's got a liturgy for when you light your first fireplace of the year. He's got a liturgy for paying the bills. Um, just even just reading through that book. Uh, really helps you see, um, you know, just the, the omnipresence of God in all of our life and, and how much he loves the, the, the deeper and meaningful parts, but also the mundane and simple parts of our lives that he created. Um, for me, uh, I, I think about Philippians 4 and do not be anxious, but by prayer and supplication, present your request to God. And I see in there a one, like Paul's expectation is that we would have a one-to-one ratio of anxious thoughts to prayer. That, that we would grow into an ability to, when we're getting anxious about something during the day, to, to bring it to the Lord and, and kind of, as you were saying, Sean, that image of putting it in a box and bring it and let, letting God take it. And I think for most of us, me included, our ratio is somewhere around 50 or 70 anxious thoughts to prayer. Um, we just can get so caught up in the worries of the day and, and forget how much we need to be in conversation about uh, the worries of the day. So, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, Jesus said, abide with me. And that's, this is about abiding. This is, um, and it's, it's such an important practice for us to cultivate. So finally, corporately, uh, this is the third sort of bucket, third category of prayer. There's private, cultivating a private prayer life, and then um, constancy, and then corporately. So uh, what are some benefits, you guys, to, to, to corporate prayer? You know, when I was just starting out in ministry, I met with uh, three other men who were in their 70s, and we prayed every Friday morning, and uh, they were praying, we were praying largely for the teenagers in our church. And so I learned an incredible amount just from praying with these men, hearing hearing their walk with the Lord, their faithfulness, their the way they prayed for the teens. Uh, it, you know, I wasn't much older than the teens. I was in my early twenties. And so the, I just learned by seeing them pray. I learned from their, their hearts. Uh, it was, it was a really, really sweet, sweet time. And then piggybacking off of that a couple of years ago, or I guess like a year and a half ago, I don't know. Time is like, whatever. Um, we did a prayer night with our teens here at Redeemer. We one large group. I just was like, I didn't have anything like we had done, finished our series. And I just thought, what could we do? And I just threw together a prayer night. Like I didn't have a lot of expectation for it. I was a little nervous, um, but the, the, our teens actually like blew me out of the water with the ways that they were praying. And so I think one That's of the cool. benefits is hearing from is hearing the heart of the people that you're in a, and in, in that, that are in your church family, right? These brother, brothers and sisters in Christ and these young believers and just hearing their hearts for the missionaries um, having this connection because they've been 
they've been sort of told about these missionaries all their lives. And so they, they actually know who these people are and um, praying for different ministries of the church, hearing our teens pray for our men's and women's Bible studies was just amazing. And hearing them pray for one another in the circle. Yeah. You just hear their hearts and, and it comes through and um, so clearly what, what's important to them. And um, you just, you, you learn about people this way and, and um, yeah, it's been one of my favorite moments of ministry thus far for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Last night we had, um, uh, you know, a prayer night for our country as a church and, and, you know, just piggybacking off that, Sean, it was just such an encouraging time for me, uh, just hearing the hearts of the people in our church and, and hearing how they talk to our father, um, was, was a real inspiration and, and encouraging time. And so there's, you know, there's different things you can say about the, Obviously, there's biblical commands and precedent. This is what the early church was doing with each other. And there's so many examples of people praying together. But, you know, Jesus says in Matthew 18, if, if two of you agree on anything that they ask, uh, it will be done. And obviously, we'd have to spend some time unpacking what that really means. But one of the, you know, upshots of that is, is God has really said there is, there's, there's a sense of added power when, when Christians come together and pray for something. And, and um, there's also an added joy, as as we've all kind of shown, is there's a joy that that is um, there for us when we are in relationship with our Father, with others in prayer. And then James 5 um, just talks about the prayers of the righteous um, availing much. And and so there's there's a sense, you know, what author has said, there's answers we otherwise wouldn't get if we weren't praying together about something. Mm. Um and I've I also said earlier, it helps model to us. It helps us get to know other people better by praying with them. Um, and then it can give us accountability to pray. So any other final thoughts on any of this, guys, before we call it a wrap? I mean, I think even thinking about last night, it just reminds us of the unity we have in Christ. Yeah. You know, so we, we were praying for a nation that's really divided and divided politically. And we were praying as a church that's divided politically. And yeah. there were people who have shared with me their political views. And we had a diversity of views there last night. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, we were praying to the same father for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. Uh, one of the great joys for me last night, Matt Newkirk in Japan joined us. It was so cool yeah. to see his face, uh, to yeah. hear him pray. Uh, so that's just another, again, part of just the joy. But I think unity uh, reminding us of, Absolutely. Uh, the bond we have in Christ. You know, there are many things that can divide us, but uh, we are one family, one body. And that was really sweet to me last night. Cool. All right. Well, um, so much more that could be said, but uh, we hope that we've covered some of the, the, the major things. And um, yeah, we, we've been encouraged to, to talk about this and, and to help spur us, inspire us more to the power of prayer in our life. So we will continue talking about different uh, well-worn paths of the Christian life um, next week. We look forward to that conversation. Um, until then, grace and peace to you all. Thanks for, for listening to us.